Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. I'm your host Danny, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Bon Allen. So first of all, Bon, for those who maybe either haven't heard much about you or only know a little bit about you, how did you actually personally get into, what was your introduction to exercise and fitness like? Yeah, so initially um, I started running back in 2015 after I'd been told I'd never walk again. I really wanted to walk again. <laughs> um, so running was the ultimate two fingers up. But I really hate running. Like I, I don't. There are times I do enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. But it's not the sport for me. And yeah. I kept doing it because it was what everyone else was doing. But I was never really as invested as I should be in it. I wasn't enjoying it. I didn't have the fire to just keep going and doing it. And then in late 2019, um, I was, no, 2018, sorry, I was going through the process of adoption of one of the children that I had been fostering. And at the very final court date, um, the social worker who'd taken a bit of a dislike to me because of my weight used my weight as the catalyst to nix the adoption there was much more to it it was a bit of a political decision on her part um the parents had learning disabilities and that's kind of a new space in kind of allowing them to have a relationship with their children ongoing learning disabilities happens to be something I'm really passionate about I grew up with an auntie with a learning disability so I had a much more open view on how adoption should work for those children and obviously and systems don't always move forward with our thinking and learning and so she used my weight as a way of ending the process of adoption so I was left feeling like I'd let down the parents the children just everyone by being the weight that I was I'd been doing all this run by then I'd been running for like three years um, and it had never made an impact on my physique in fact I was larger in 2018 than I had been back in 2015 um, and I just was so low. And for many years, I've not liked my body um, because I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. I wasn't able to carry my own children. So as a woman, having been raised to believe that my main thing was I needed to reproduce at some point, And that was my value that I put back into the world. It's very yeah. easy not to like your body. Um, and I also obviously have um, a rare bone disease and stuff that means my body's a frustrating thing to wander around in. Um, and I decided um, that I wanted to do something about it, but I didn't want it to be about the weight loss itself because I understood underneath all of that, that what I weighed wasn't what made me the wrong thing in that situation. It also didn't have any reflection on my value as a human being. And I realized at that point that to get through that situation and to come out of it kind of whole as a person, I needed to hold on to my value as a person and understand that I didn't let anyone down. Um, you know, the system isn't built for accepting that some parents aren't um, intentionally neglecting children and that removing the children isn't necessarily the most positive thing you could ever do. And, you know, there's lots of stuff. And obviously my passion around that as well comes from being someone who should have been removed as a child and wasn't. <laughs> so there's a lot that fed into that. So I started looking online at like, how do I do this? Because I joke now and say I did 20 years of market research. But if you name a diet programme from the 90s, 2000s and probably beforehand, I've done it. I literally did every one there was in a bid to be left. 
And when I say to be left, I mean to weigh less because everything that was marketed at me in those 20 odd years was that by weighing less, I was going to be better. I was going to feel better. And that was the key thing. Um, and that I wouldn't be better or feel better until I'd reached that goal. Um, so, yeah, if you name a big brand diet program and ones off the Internet that celebrities have done and all the rest of it, I've done it. And at the end of those 20 years, I weighed 13 stone more than I did when I first ever started. And I look back now at pictures of me at the start and think, you weren't even you weren't even large. You were unfit. <laughs> like even back then as a smaller person, you just didn't have a fitness routine. And that was your issue, not your body shape or size. Um, so I was really keen to kind of go into it in a constructive way, something that wasn't going to be another failed attempt at this thing that I stuck at for two, four or maybe six weeks. I think six weeks was the most I ever stuck at. And I wanted it to be forever because I was getting older. By then I was, I think it was 2019. Where are we now? Four years. Later. I was 41. I was, I was coming up for 41. And so I started looking on Instagram, but instead of looking for like diet programs and things, I started just looking at fitness in general, which was something I'd never, ever done. All of my friends ran. I thought that was what everybody did to keep fit. Didn't really understand. I'd been to Rosemary Connolly classes with my ex-mother-in-law at one point, <laughs> you know, tried Zumba, but I have all the coordination of a baby giraffe. So that was just a lawsuit waiting to happen. And I came across... Um, Andrew Tracy the fitness editor for Men's Health and yeah. he was uh, flinging stuff around his garden I think he'd like made a sled with a tire and he was having the best time ever and I was just like that's how I want to feel and then I was like okay so I need to go and do this um, so that was kind of my lead into going into the gym uh, in running um, when I found out about the adoption at the time I was fundraising quite a bit for Calm the mental health charity and they knew what had happened and they knew it was going to be a massive blow for me and um they actually gave me a place in the London Marathon so this was the January obviously London Marathon is in April I think I had 11 weeks and I said to my friend do you think I can run a marathon I've only ever done um 10k and I'm not very good at running and she said yeah you, anything you do want to do you'll you'll do it so I started training for the London Marathon and it was tough. A lot of the emotion that I felt around what had happened came out on those runs. And it's allowed me to reconnect with running as something that I do go and do when I've got a lot going on in my head, because it's great for processing what you're feeling. Like it will force you to face stuff as you're going along. Um, unfortunately, I did a half marathon as part of the training. So it was six weeks, no, three weeks out, I think. And um, in that half marathon at mile nine, bearing in mind I weighed 322 pounds at this point, I got a stress fracture in my tibia and that meant the marathon was not a go for me. And obviously I was devastated. I'd worked so hard towards it. I knew I could get it done. At that point, I'd been running 15 miles. Like it was this huge thing. Um, and then I was told, you know, you sh shouldn't run for some time while this heals, because usually with a stress fracture, it won't show up for a couple of weeks. Mine shoe up, shoe showed up literally within days. So we knew it was there. So someone suggested getting in the gym. I'd um, walked into gyms before then, but I'd never really engaged in them. In fact, I had a personal trainer once and we used to go for runs. But every time he suggested going in the gym, I had a headache <laughs> because <laughs> 
it was just the thought of the place was just too much yeah um, so I had to go in the gym and I got in the gym and I think we started out like doing some deadlifts and in my first session they were putting weight on the bar and it was just coming up and it was going up and up and up and I think in my first session we got to 70 80 kilos on the bar I didn't know that isn't normal when you start deadlifting I didn't know that that's like a thing um and people were like that that's heavy and I I argue that anyone who lives in a larger body is probably stronger than they realize because we carry a lot of extra weight around 24 7 so our underlying structure our physique our physique under there is strong it's it's ready to get in there and do these things so everybody assumed that I'd become a strong woman um and I didn't want to I have friends who are and I have the utmost respect but I realised that for me in getting into fitness, I needed to make it just about me, about no one else, just about me. And I could go and compete and that'd be great, but that isn't about me. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so I, I fell in love with the gym. I fell in love with lifting, moving. Um, and then I just started exploring, well, how does that work for me? And um, Andrew Tracy um, and I actually met in 2021, 2020. 2021 um uh, because he did a lifting event he did a three rep max event um and it was my first time out after the pandemic because I had to stay at home when everyone else could go out um and I went and did that as my first thing um, meeting him in person was mind-blowing because here was this person I'd looked up to all this time you know just followed all of his stuff um and just going and doing that event which was something random it wasn't for some big prize although our team did win um but it was just like this thing and I was like there's just so much joy in taking these movements and doing something that you're going to find fun um so from there on in I've done the odd little competition here and there just to kind of go and do stuff but I just yeah. go rogue set my own stuff go and train for it and then put it out there and I love every minute of it and I just wish that more people knew that you can find happiness from the first day that you choose to go and do this stuff rather than when you hit a certain weight shape or size yeah you've made some really really important points there and one of the things that I think it will be really good for the listeners to acknowledge is that fact that you know you knew that you had potential to do well in Strongwoman but that doesn't mean that you have to go down that route and you stuck by your own values and what you knew you needed to do and by doing that that's what's resulted in this consistency and you've been able to make fitness part of your life whereas if you'd gone down that route yeah you might have done well in strong women but would you really have been happy that's the question and that's exactly it so where I'd been that serial dieter for all those years and never lasted beyond six weeks at most it's four and a half years later and I can't imagine not having fitness in my life I can't imagine not doing stuff around it and I think it's great to be good at stuff and we all want to be good at stuff but actually that isn't an indicator of success for us as humans like just doing stuff long term is success like showing up again and again and again So by all means, go and compete and do stuff, but don't make it the be all or end all if that isn't your goal in the first place. If I'd come into it going, this is how I function. I need to be the best at this in order to get the most out of it. Absolutely. I would have gone down that road. 
but very few people will actually feel that and we almost set ourselves up for failure by believing that's the only way and I always say I don't know if we're allowed to swear on here I I, I won't if we we are they're good I always say the best thing you can be when it comes to fitness is shit because you have so much more scope to enjoy doing stuff and there is so much more you can achieve over a much longer period of time and no one is expecting anything from you so there's no pressure you can enjoy every minute of it without feeling pressure the only pressure you have is pressure you put on yourself yeah and I think a lot of people try and put themselves into a box when it comes to training yes yeah yeah and try and fit into almost an identity (laughs) and it's like yeah yeah. rather that's so harmful in a lot of cases for your ability to stay consistent over the long term and actually enjoy the process and make decisions based on what's actually right for you because you're trying to fit into this box yeah yeah exactly that and you can we I mean on the on the one hand as a society I think we're learning to dislike labels but on the other hand, they help individuals identify with other people. So when you feel in that moment and you feel like you've got to find something you can say it is that you do, that's not about you needing a label. That's about you needing a community, people you can identify with. And I think the thing we don't talk enough about in fitness, and it's why you and I even talk to each other, is we don't care about labels. If it's fitness, yeah. it's fitness. Anyone in the industry is going to embrace you and like cheerlead you massively whatever you want to do whether you want to pogo stick for miles you know ride a horse swim whatever it is you're going to do you don't have to be crossfit you don't have to be bodybuilding you just have to enjoy movement and that's that's the community the community is so much broader than what it gets niched down into and I think that's the important thing to remember a hundred percent and it just makes the process so much more enjoyable if you give yourself the ability to play around with it and move your body in different ways and connect with your body in different ways and so many people neglect to realize that and then if they do identify with a certain sport say it's crossfit or bodybuilding they then feel like a failure when they're not training in that way which in reality is not the case yes yeah and you this is the other thing we need to reframe what failure is the reason I'm where I'm at in life is because I was so determined to actually have a life after my my earlier life that I don't see trying stuff and not carrying on with it as failure. I just see it as a process of I'm trying something. If I don't like it or it doesn't work, I just let it go. And I think it's great to go and try different stuff. Have a go at bodybuilding. See if the discipline and all of that fits for you. If it doesn't, you haven't failed. You've just yeah. figured out what doesn't work for you and go and try a different sport. And the beauty is there are so many. You could spend the rest of your life trying different sports. The most important thing is you will have been moving. And therefore, in older age, you'll be able to get up to lost, lots of mischief because you'll have kept your body in a state whereby it can and you haven't failed anything that's that's the thing isn't it you just haven't and there's different phases of our life where different forms of exercise or different forms of training might be appropriate and that's absolutely okay as well and I think there are so many people that are resistant to changing direction when in reality there's nothing wrong with that at all yeah I've had to do it this year so obviously I have a bone disease and autoimmune conditions that means that sometimes my body really doesn't work well and I hide it 
not necessarily hide it, but I'm just like mindful that that's not my identity. I never, ever want to be defined by that. So a lot of people don't realise how tough it is sometimes. I haven't lifted a bar since April. It it pains me, but I've had to adjust because my hands. So I was diagnosed with peripheral arthritis on top of everything else because the rest wasn't enough. So my hands are constantly swollen and I'm learning to adjust to, okay, how am I going to get them to feel better so that I can go back and do that? But I've had to look at learning to see things like going for a walk as, you know, as something that is part of my fitness, not just part of everyday life, just to kind of keep myself in the right mindset that, yes, you're still doing this. I mean, the dog has made sure that those walks are now interval runs, but just the little things or swimming or just adjusting because life happens and you might get an injury at some point that means you can't do the thing you absolutely love but it doesn't mean you should just give up it just means you just adapt and find something else that's gonna allow you to keep moving in that way until you're you're healed from your injury or you know and it could be permanent it could be that you have to adapt permanently and find different ways but again the fitness industry is so much better at adapting when we realize that it's not usually the end of the world there's always a way yeah 100% and just to rewind a little bit one why was it that you were told you weren't going to be able to walk so when I was first poorly sick ill whatever we like to call it we didn't know what it was nobody did um I had an accident in 2009 where uh, my face neck and airways were burned with an industrial steamer and within a month or so I started getting anaphylactic shock quite regularly um in the last so that happened in 2009 so in the last 14 years I've had anaphylactic shock 57 times which is a lot um and then after that my body started becoming quite stiff my legs would swell up, they'd be full of fluid, I could barely move. Um, and that then just sort of kept getting worse. And then one day I woke up um, and I couldn't move my arms or my legs. Um, and uh, when I spoke, the wrong words were coming out. And I wasn't aware of that. I thought I was communicating what I was trying to say. Um, it turns out that instead of saying that my legs weren't working, I was referring to my hips as my ketchup. And like I was calling my elbow, my nurse, like I literally was just not making any sense. Um, I always I'm smiling because there was something I said that has lived with me to this day. I was in um, like my pajamas and stuff and, and women will associate with this. You know, when you've been in bed all night and you wake up and it's quite likely your boobs fallen out of a, an armhole and everything yeah. else is in disarray as well. When the paramedics arrived, obviously I not I couldn't move. So they went to whip the duvet off. And as they did, I screamed, is my badger out? <laughs> to make that. it worse, I did it again at the hospital. So in my world, your, um, your uh, genitalia for females is called a badger. Um, so I was taken to the hospital. It was obviously very serious and we didn't really know what was going on. And I was really, really lucky in that the consultant who was assigned to my case, he is a real life, like a real life Dr. House. And over the coming months, years, we went through so many different work and diagnoses to try and figure it out. At one point, they, were, they thought there was a slow growing bone cancer that they just couldn't pinpoint where it was. Um, so I had lots of different treatments and stuff. Um, and in the end, we just got to a point where he was like, I don't know what to do. Your body is in decline. Everything we're doing is not working. 
um and and I, I can't say you're ever going to be out of that chair like this this could be it so I'm just going to help you manage um everything that's happening ongoing we'll just manage the pain we'll manage the movement um by then I was having steroid injections and in joints and just like just trying to figure everything out really um and I didn't like that that wasn't the future I signed up for um I've overcome so much in my early life I couldn't imagine the rest of it being this that wasn't my plan um and I am where I am because I am stubborn as hell and yeah. quite headstrong and I said well can I at least have a, a walking frame um and he was just sort of like wow <laughs> so awkward but yes so I took this walking frame back with me um, and when I was in familiar spaces, I would haul myself up and I, I would use the frame to move, even if just for a short period. It was tiring. It was painful. It was horrible. Um, but I just kept doing it. And I went back in the October. That was in the April. I went back in the October. And as far as I was aware, we were going to be discussing what could be done to keep me comfortable at that point, because I had to sleep sitting up. Um, I had an, an actual hospital bed in my home. And um, that was how I slept. We'd had to have a stair lift put in. Um, I had an electric wheelchair and I had someone with me um, whenever my husband was at work because I couldn't do all the things I needed to do for myself. Um, and so it was it was tough. And I remember going into the appointment and my consultant had a scan up on the screen and I looked at it and by then was becoming quite an expert in what bone scans should look like. And I thought, he's really mean because that looks like a fairly healthy skeleton and that's a bit unfair and he just had this bemused look on his face and he said I don't know how to explain this there's no medical explanation but that is your skeleton this week and I don't know because we have we've stopped most of the medication this shouldn't be happening but all I can say is knowing you as I have over these last four years you're so headstrong like you are beating this um so at that point we still didn't know what it was um, but over so that was the October of 2014 and um, by then I'd been in the chair three or four years maybe a little longer and so I decided from that point I was going to walk um, so I kept using the frame more and more I took my first steps in November 2014 and in May 2015 I ran my first 10k um, ran walked it uh, I thought I'd hit the finish line and I hadn't so I had to crawl the last bit because I kind of went to the floor because I was just overcome with the emotion of having completed that distance um, so that was quite amusing because my pictures are not me crossing the crossing line stood up it's me on my hands and knees crawling over it but it's, <laughs> it's just typical so from there we still didn't know what was causing it and we I just got on with life and things kind of improved and in my consultant has always been amazing and has never um, brought my weight into the equation. GP, however, very different. So seeing my GP day to day because I was no longer on all these medications, it would very much be your weight is what's made your body hurt. We just need to carry on. So when I started losing weight in 2019, when I found I could really enjoy fitness and finally found success in taking care of myself, um, I was hurting more than ever and I was like this isn't right so I actually went back to my consultant um, and when I walked in he was grinning which I thought was really mean given I was back because I wasn't feeling great but it turned out that they had figured out that what was going on um, through some studies and stuff and, and it's quite a rare thing it involves the stomach and the bones there's no name for it 
and they won't name it after me although a lot of people would like to name their pain bon i'm sure um but essentially my immune system isn't working properly and instead of just being the joints where it is for most people um mine is in the length of the bone so i can move my joints great there's there's no issue there but the the length of my bones when it's bad they really hurt um and i'm really lucky that we've found medication that i could be on um and we've figured out stuff um at one point i was having to go into hospital for infusions every fortnight which wasn't fun but now i have something i inject every week and medicine i take every day and i'm pretty much good most of the time there are times where it does impact um and i can attribute that to um well medically i've talked about it with my consultant obviously i went through a lot of trauma growing up and it does impact your body yeah. um so it was just that i was unlucky that that's how it's come out for me um but yeah and i i love um my calls with my consultant and stuff because we don't talk necessarily about medication and stuff these days he'll be asking what sport have you done this time so when i did the marathon sled pull um because when he first said um i don't know why you're getting better but you are i'd said my first thing was well when can i run a marathon and he'd said not tomorrow because he knew me well enough by that point and then he said but probably not ever like if you can walk five kilometers you'll be really lucky so just hold on to that and don't get too far ahead of yourself so um obviously in 2021 i did marathon distance pulling a, a sled um and straight and my appointment with him was in the january and that was the december so he was like and how are things going and i was like i did the marathon <laughs> and just oh, <laughs> but again that was about adapting i can't run a marathon my body will not do that that the bones will not handle that so i just went okay i want to do that that's something my brain wants to achieve how can i do that in a way that my body will be able to do it and that's it with a lot of sport you might see things that you really want to go and do and you think well i can't do them the same way all those other people are i know people who say i can't do burpees what they mean is i can't do burpees at the speed that everybody else i see doing them does them i i can't do fast burpees like they kill me but i can do a burpee because i can get myself down to the floor from standing up i can push myself back up again i can do that movement so i think it's really learning what fitness is for you it's so individual you're not going to be the same as everyone else and that's really okay yeah and I think everything you've been through and overcome just goes to show how powerful your mindset is and how powerful resilience is and if people can take something away from that I think it's just the power like of your mind and your ability to enforce resilience and be a little bit stubborn at times um because yeah you've overcome so much and it's just absolutely incredible and I think a lot of people would in a lot of those circumstances just see that as defeat whereas you've seen that as I'm not taking that for an answer I'm going to carry yeah. on and that's yeah. got you to where you are now I think the thing I'd like to say that I think is really important that we don't get across enough is that if you don't like your body, how it looks, actually movement is one of the greatest ways you can learn to like it, maybe sometimes love it. And you don't have to all the time. Even people who have physiques that people like me, where I was, would look at and go, I wish I looked like that. They must feel great all the time. It's universal to not like your body. It's not about one body shape or size. 
But the one thing I have learned is the thing I was most afraid of, which was movement, is the thing that changed my relationship with my body because you learn what it can do. And when you learn yeah. what it can do, it's so much easier to appreciate it. My body is friggin' awesome. Like it can do things. You know, in April, I deadlifted 100,000 kilos in 10 hours. If you'd told me four years ago you're going to do that, I would have laughed and probably cried afterwards. But like, it's just we need to start appreciating our bodies for what they do rather than what they look like because they're all going to look different forevermore. And we may never look the same or exactly how we want to. But the one thing we can control is what our bodies can do and then how that makes us feel about them. So I think it's really important. Yeah, I completely agree. And I also love how you spoke about meeting yourself where you're at as opposed to trying to do things the way that everyone else is doing them. For example, if someone like yourself wants to run a marathon, you're capable of running a marathon if you have the resilience and if you put your mind to it, you might not be able to do it in the exact way that someone else has done it. But that doesn't mean that it's possible. And yeah, I think it's a really important message because like we've spoken about a lot of the fitness events and competitions and things like that, they do promote this sort of mindset of, you know, I need to try and be the best. I need to try and be elite. I need to do it at, say, a CrossFit competition at an RX standard as opposed to scaled. And it's like, no, what's important is meeting yourself where you're at and making progress in your own right you don't have to move a certain way you don't have to look a certain way we want to make fitness more accessible for everybody yeah you look at someone like Ross Edgley a lot of what he does isn't a competition anyone else is going to have with him he's just testing what his body can do because he's aware that his body is is the way that it is so it's kind of making those things happen for you And you'll learn so much. Like, I always thought my body was rubbish because it couldn't do the one thing I really wanted it to do. And now I absolutely love my body for what it can do. And I understand that actually mine is a little bit superhuman. It can keep going. But I would never have discovered that if I hadn't started messing around with what it could do and having a look at it and having a go. And I think sometimes it puts people off even getting into the fitness space because they think that in order to be here they have to somehow be competitive they have to somehow want to excel and you absolutely don't most people who own gyms run gyms have anything to do with fitness coaches they're actually just happy if you rock up and have a bit of fun with it like that's all that anybody wants is for you to find joy in it and then to keep finding joy in it I don't care if you never improve as such. If you showed up doing that thing for the rest of your life, I'd be pretty stoked. Like, yeah. that's exactly it. A hundred percent. And if anyone's listening to this, who's in that position of they're so scared, they don't even know where to start when it comes to getting into fitness. They're petrified of going into the gym. How would you recommend they even go about started in the first place and where would they start when it comes to exercise and movement and trying to get into things so the first piece of advice I would always give is there is a minority on social media that makes us feel like we shouldn't be in a gym or that we're disgusting or all of these things and I want to make it very clear they are a minority and I know I sit in a place of privilege because how I was raised means I will just go and do stuff And so I just went into a gym. However, I am very nervous going in there. Even now, as as a seasoned person who's trained, I still get nervous going in there. 
I think the most important thing is to focus on what it's doing for you by going, but also to understand that most gyms I've ever been in, everybody's just so happy you're there. They're not actually thinking about what your body looks like at all. That's not even on their mind. So if you can let go of that, you're going to give yourself much more confidence to go into that space. But if you don't feel confident to go into a gym, that's also okay. There is so much you can do outside of a gym. You don't have to go to a gym. You can do stuff at home. Kit is now so available. You might only need a kettlebell or some resistance bands. It's whatever works for you. Um, And you can find community in other ways because we do a lot of stuff online now. So you can find like-minded people. But just, yeah, just know that you're at the centre of it. Like, it's about you, not the people in there. They'll all go home. They won't even remember what you look like today. I have been in the gym. I always look a state, let's face it. It's not, I made an effort for you today, Danny. But, like, like how I dress and stuff is not something I'm overly um, fussed about most of the time, unless someone asks me to go to an event and then I'm screwed because I have no idea how to get dressed. But, like, I couldn't tell you what people in the gym were wearing. Like, even that night, if someone said to me, when you went to the gym today, who was there? What did they look like? What had they done with their hair? What clothes? I wouldn't know. So we're beating ourselves up for things that actually the people in the gym don't even think about. Like, they will probably be looking at you and going, do you know what? That's fucking awesome that they're here. Like, how cool is that that they are choosing to show up? And I think instead of being so negative about ourselves going into that space, we need to focus on the positive of I'm going into that space. But I'd say if you're really struggling, A, let go of the idea that other people are thinking anything about you because they're really not in the way that you think they are. Don't worry about struggling because if you struggle, they will absolutely come and help you. And they're not doing that because they think you're rubbish. They're doing that because they bloody love showing people how to do stuff and helping people fall in love with it too. So it's their passion. Um, And if you're really struggling, then find someone that you can kind of reach out to. When I, I had to join a gym when I moved earlier this year. And to that point, I'd never been to a gym on my own. I always had someone training me. And I was so scared. And I'd been training for four years. And I went to the gym to look around before I ever went to train. And when I went to look around, one of the people that goes to the gym, who's super friendly, was so excited to see someone come and look around. They literally like buddied me up. They're now a friend. Like, and then I felt like, oh, I can go because I know that person now. Like they sat and had a coffee with me. Like gyms are not scary places. You know, they are really friendly, lovely places. So find someone. And if you're scared of even going there, then find someone you know who who might not be one of your best friends or whatever. One of my best friends, if I ever see her running, I'm running too because something's terribly wrong. But like even if people in your immediate circle aren't quite getting it yet, you'll know someone that you can just go to and go, I've been thinking about going to the gym or I've been thinking about going swimming or whatever it is. I'd really like someone to come with me and you'll find they'll go, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, you know, it's far less scary than you think. Yeah. And I think it's a really important point to make that you don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to wear like a matching gym set, you, you know, on, on social media, if you type in the hashtag <laughs> fitness or whatever, you might see a very misrepresented yep. space when in reality, if you go into a gym, Everyone looks completely different. No, yeah. ba- barely anybody's wearing a matching gym set. Nobody looks perfect. Everyone's just focused on themselves. 
And I mean, if someone does want to, you know, wear the matching gym set, make an effort with their Absolutely, appearance, yeah. I'm all for it. But it's not, it's not the majority. And I think it's really but, important to remember that so that you don't place this unrealistic expectation on and yourself. Also, and also, you don't have to wear a crop top and leggings no. or shorts. I still wear T-shirts. And I jokingly say I like to keep a little bit of mystery. Actually, it's just what I feel comfortable in. Like the last thing I want to, because I'm aware that I might be more self-conscious. So throwing on a loose T-shirt that's got, I mind tend to have manly gym stuff written on them. But like whatever it is that I'm comfortable in, I'm going to enjoy it more if I'm not thinking about it. When I went to Fit Expo, you guys were there that weekend. Like I realised at the time, I actually felt a little bit um, uncomfortable. But looking back, I realised just how far I'd come. So for that weekend, I only packed shorts and T-shirts because that's what I wear 99% of the time. And that's what I feel comfortable in. And when I first got there, like Charlie, yourself and everyone looked so beautiful and well done that I thought, oh, now I look like a right front. But I look back and I realise that's what's comfortable for other people. That's They're doing what's comfortable for them. And actually, I allowed myself to go there, not stress about having nice outfits or whatever, and I went on stage in what worked for me and I showed up as me. And that was a massive step for me, like to yeah. actually just go and just be in shorts and a T-shirt and be on that stage. And I wasn't thinking about what I looked like when I was on that stage. I was engaged in the conversations. I was enjoying the moment of being there. And I think so many more people could give themselves that joy by letting go of thinking you've got to dress a certain way. So if you never want to wear a crop top, it's like we see the post saying, wear the shorts in the summer. If you don't like wearing shorts, don't wear shorts. Don't feel under pressure to wear something because society is now saying wearing this means you love yourself because it doesn't. Forcing yourself to wear that because society says you should isn't love. No. Like that's just, you know, so wear whatever makes you happy. Like just don't. I wear a dress occasionally. If you ever see me in a dress, that person, I obviously care about them very much, whatever event it is, because I'm making a huge effort. <laughs> yeah. But it's but also like you might feel comfortable in different things for different events or at different moments Absolutely. in time based on yeah. where your head faces are and where your body image is on that day yeah. and how you're feeling and that's absolutely okay or just yeah. what kind of style you want to wear that day there's nothing wrong with that and I agree I think that the narrative of you know wear the shorts I get where it's coming from but I also think it's missing the point a little bit yeah yeah you can't you can't love yourself into submission by forcing yourself to do things that don't feel comfortable like you just can't it's the same with bikinis all the rest of it like I would actually wear, I have a, a pool in the back garden. It's something I invested in because when I'm really bad, I can get in and have a swim. And I haven't got to think about going, I don't know what it is about actual leisure centres swimming pool changing rooms, but they are the worst places to get dressed known to man. If you're able-bodied, if you have any stiffness or disability, good luck. Like literally, I could go in there with a full body, I could go in there with a wetsuit and come out looking like Borat because it's like stuck everywhere and you can't move it. So I have that at home. I'd wear a bikini in the pool at home. I wouldn't wear one elsewhere unless yeah. I was feeling good in my body. And the other important thing to note is 
I don't say exactly the weight of loss because the weight itself isn't what's important. It is around about your average influencer and a half, I like to say now. I still have days where I feel exactly the same about my body, how it looks, that I did four and a half years ago. They don't go away. They become less. So we have to allow ourselves to adapt because some days I'll be strutting out there going, hey, look at me in whatever I'm wearing. Saturday, I had to go to a baby shower and I drove my friends nuts beforehand because nothing in my wardrobe fit. It did. I was just being a dickhead. Nothing was good enough. I didn't feel comfortable. What was I going to do? We have to understand that sometimes it's actually not our body. It might be the situation. Like it might be what we're going through. For me, a baby shower is terrifying because Mm. even all these years later, there'll be emotions attached to it. I'm there for the person who's going through that, who's having that. And I'm so excited for them. Doesn't mean I can't recognize I might still be feeling some stuff. And that's going to come out in how I get dressed. Like it's literally just that. So I think we just have to understand that much like anything in life, how you feel about your body changes day to day, hour by hour. Yeah. And we all have those days where nothing in our wardrobe looks good, in our opinion, on those days. Absolutely. The next day we've got an abundance of options and everything feels great. (laughs) And it's like, how do we strutting out there? (laughs) Exactly that. And it's it's completely like unrelated to your body shape and size completely unrelated absolutely absolutely it's just life experience and that's why it's really important to me to have like this neutral stance on body image it's okay to dislike what your body looks like it's also okay to love it you're going to do both throughout your life so accept that but understand that the most important thing is that you take care of it regardless and for the long term my goal used to be being a size 10 and weighing 10 stone I'm never going to weigh 10 stone because now I understand muscle means I'm heavy. I am quite a broad set person. And that was a ridiculous, you know, thing to set for myself. I was setting myself up for failure. I don't have a goal weight anymore. My goal is that when I'm 90, I want to be mobile enough that I can get up to all sorts of mischief. Even if my brain's gone, physically, I will be a nightmare. That is my goal. And and that's long term. So I can't give up on it because it's a long way away. Yeah, I love that. And on goal setting, I've never been a massive fan of short-term goal setting. You know, when people will set a certain scale weight goal or even saying, you know, I'm going to do this fat loss phase for this certain event, because I just think it's, they're often very surface level. There's not much meaning behind them. And they set people up for getting to that end date or that end point, whatever that might be and feeling some sort of anti-climax and then feeling very lost off the back of it or not achieving the goal in the first place and then feeling like a failure when in reality it's the action that they should be celebrating the fact that they're working on themselves and they're improving their health and they're feeling better throughout the process so I think it detracts it takes away from what's really important to set those short-term goals in a lot of cases Yeah, absolutely. And I I always, one of the reasons I do a couple of events for myself each year is they are goals I can train towards, hit, and I haven't got to go bigger afterwards, although my brain has a tendency to think, what can we do that's bigger than that? But I can do something else. Like it isn't a, oh, if I did that, I have to do this. But it's just, here's a way I can kind of keep my focus, keep myself in the gym. And if you've struggled with getting into exercise, that can be really helpful 
it's just making sure that you're framing it in the right way and it's not I've yeah. got to achieve this or because life happens stuff gets in the way and you have to be able to adapt so whatever you're doing yeah I I I don't know when I last had a weight loss goal like it literally is not a thing in my head anymore which seems so strange given that for all of my adult life until I was 40 that was every bit of my thinking around food and movement but actually letting go of it gives you such freedom and I think where I'd worried that I'd still be you know where I was I'm not and the other thing I think it's important to acknowledge is when we see those kind of weight loss goals and things it's always about a very quick progression of those things achieving it quickly because we all want to feel better that's why they say quickly I can say having taken four and a half years so far and I've still got a way to go before physically I'm, I'm where I'd like to be on stuff but I don't have all the issues with loose skin that other people do having lost as much as I have and I have some but it's nowhere near as bad as it would be had I have done it quickly yeah. um, and things like you know movement you know it can be when you dramatically lose a lot of weight very quickly that can kind of destabilize joints you've then got to kind of build the muscle around that to handle that there's so much that you can go through um stretch marks I have very few and where I do they're not as visible as I've seen on other people and I think a lot of it is down to doing it slow just chipping away bit by bit and in those four and a half years I've never regained weight it's always yeah. either stayed as it was for a bit or kind of carried on and I think that's the benefit that we're not talking about about slow and steady you know we all know that the story of the hare and the tortoise but actually none of us have really ever applied that into the fitness space when you no. think about it and actually for people who particularly have a long journey ahead we need to accept it is a long journey it's not overnight and you might have it's about it is about that meeting yourself where you're at like often people end up in the space and maybe they have quite a lot to lose um and they immediately go into a bodybuilding program and it's not the right space for them at that point in time that could be a future goal like absolutely could be a future goal if you do well and you stick at stuff and you reach a point where you're like yeah actually I'd really like to work on on my physique in that way go for it but don't go straight in at that like give yourself time and space to get to that point see it as something you can do in the future um but just meet yourself where you're at now like just do what's right for you at that point yeah love that so much and so with all that being said when it comes to I know obviously I posted on threads about the sort of want <laughs> to do some kind of event like <laughs> where we started getting talking yeah yeah or you had already had that in the back of your mind and started making yeah. plans for a sports day to make fitness more accessible for everybody yeah. where did the idea for that come up in the first place from so again I acknowledge that I am different as a person I will go and do stuff and I don't care if I'm not good at it like uh, it's just not something that bothers me but I understand that's because I'm different because of how I grew up most yeah. people care they care about whether or not they're good enough and most events that we have out there there is a focus on achieving you know of being on that leaderboard of, of sitting somewhere you know even the CrossFit Open every year Ten, hundreds of thousands of people are in that leaderboard place where they are and, and they care about that and I think if we want to get more people into fitness we need to have a space in fitness where we don't care about that yet 
because yeah. um and I know events like to think that they're accessible I do know of, of one that is really trying hard to become more and more accessible and I'm super proud of them um but most events don't really understand what being accessible means and I know someone felt I was really wrong to say this um back at Fit Expo but things like High Rocks they're not accessible to everyone you've still got to have a decent level of fitness and belief in yourself that you can achieve that if you want to stand a chance of going and enjoying it because I know if I went there as someone who wasn't as fit as everyone else I actually wouldn't enjoy the event I wouldn't feel ready and so I think we're missing a step so when I was kind of thinking about you know my future in the industry I've had a couple of years and they're coming up to three years now um and I've been so lucky to kind of get settled in but I've really found my feet and understanding that um you know it, it's tough because a lot of people would assume that you're saying oh be lazy about fitness don't don't do what but I'm not I'm saying we have to meet people where they're at and there are so many people who want to be in fitness but can't because we haven't given them a space so yeah it kind of stemmed from that because I was like those events are so serious we need to do something that's just not that's just yeah. movement for the sake of movement and we all have memories of school sports days and those actually were the times we still remembered them in a good way because as we got into our, our late junior school and then into high school a lot of us probably fell out of love with sport because it became more competitive and if we weren't you know in that space then it became something we dreaded those lessons PE lessons so that that primary school sports day is kind of for me is the epitome of how do we get people in that space um you know just how are we going to get them in there and get them to enjoy it um and so yeah I'd started to put together behind the scenes the idea but I've also got some ideas around um kind of entry level events and working with other bigger events to bring down what they do to a space whereby people who have no clue could actually give it a go because I think it's really important so yeah you and I bonded on on threads over the idea of, of a sports day um I feel really passionately about it. I think it, it could be so much fun um, and I know quite a lot of people have fed back already that they're quite excited for the idea you and I talked about how um, it'll be a team thing but those teams have to be mixed ability um, because that means that no one gets left behind no one feels like they're not you know part um, I entered a team into um, the event I was referencing before last year and I had um, three people who entry level at fitness, you know, had some fitness, but not not masses and hadn't actually trained for the event. And then I had a, a few people who had and um, it balanced out so beautifully. It gave the people who train regularly a real appreciation for what it takes to do those kinds of things when you don't fit the mould for what the industry has. Um, and it was kind of off the back of that that I started thinking more, what can we be doing? um so yeah sports day is the start um, I I'm think sure it's we'll... such an incredible idea and I'm so excited for it because even myself you know I've done CrossFit competitions I've done high rocks competitions they are really intense and yeah. even like I've spoken about this on the podcast before when I was training for high rocks individually I ended up um having a month without a period again which hasn't yeah. happened to me since my bodybuilding days so yeah. that's when I pulled, I pulled out of Fire Rocks and stopped training for it because I didn't want to risk my health in that way again. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
so it, it isn't you know it isn't entry level really and the way that it's set up with the progressions and the leaderboard and the the world championships it lends itself to people taking it very seriously and being competitive which there's nothing wrong with that but we do need mm-hmm. something that is more accessible for everyone and that is welcoming and that does get people into fitness so that they don't feel it's intimidating and they understand that it's a welcoming space and we're going to celebrate every single person that's a part of it and it's not about being serious it's not about being the best it's about getting everyone together and having fun yeah and it's understanding I know in the industry we say a lot about oh you know nothing good happens in your comfort zone and all the rest of it but actually for most people who want to engage in fitness they need some comfort to be there we wouldn't send children to their first day of school and just drop them off and go well you know it's school you're not going to like it to start with but you'll be all right and just leave them there we'd show them love and care you know we gradually get them used to that process we might walk them there before they even start so they get used to going there and we'd build it up in a process and yet we don't do it in the fitness industry we just go here are all these sporting events you know if you want to go have a go and then we wonder why people aren't going okay I'll give it a go because we're not saying okay you can't you know you can't do a press up yet but if we start here in two years time you could be going I'm entering high rocks and it could be because you know two years ago you did adult sports day and you learned there's joy in movement and that helped you build the confidence to then go and do more and more and more and that's that's my my big passion for it And I think another great thing about it is that it'll attract people from lots of different pockets of the industry, whereas most events attract people from a certain area. So you'll have, you know, strong women competitions, CrossFit competitions, bodybuilding, high rocks, just fitness, whereas the adult sports day is literally for everybody. It's not about crossfit it's not about you know it's, it's no. the eggs and the stack everybody and it's not about being a certain part of the fitness industry it's about getting everybody together from different sports and different like corners of the industry absolutely and it, it makes it more accessible too something i experienced in past work um you know working around learning disabilities and stuff We always assume that people who maybe have certain physical limitations or neurological limitations can only do sport with people in the same boat. Um, My friend, one of my best friends, Gemma, has cerebral palsy and she's in an electric wheelchair. And one of the greatest days of my life is when we went and did the colour dash. Um, We covered her chair in plastic so it wouldn't get covered in all the dye. And she's always cheered me on when I'm running. And in fact, I'm, I'm laughing because she comes to other events. She came to my first ever strong woman and she'd made a sign that said, have you had your weed to big? She's an idiot. But she doesn't necessarily want to just go and do events with people in the same space that she is. She has friends who aren't in that space and she wants to be able to do that too. And when we have competitive sports, often there are limitations around who can do it in that space because we need to think about you know what is practical um, do people have a technical advantage if they're using equipment you know runners who use blades when when they're double amputees or you know there's all of these things if we take it back to sports day none of that matters so mm-hmm. it is inclusive because anyone can come and do it and be a part of a team with their friends um, and do that thing and I think it's just you know 
yes, it's a very idealised thing, maybe, but shouldn't we have that space anyway, regardless? Like, who knows? In 10 years' time, there could be a world leaderboard for adult sports today, yes. <laughs> because we might have learned to love it enough that that's a thing. But just for me, having a space where people can feel comfortable and, you know, I tend to try and be funny a lot of the time and I I know from kind of learning more about it that's about making people feel comfortable socially um you know laughter makes everybody feel safe in a room and I think it's a thing I'm not saying everybody in fitness is super serious because I know some people in the industry who should give up coaching and just become comedians because they're very funny but when it comes to sport itself we are very serious and I think it's time to kind of bring in that thing that's going to make it socially so easy to come and do it you know we might not have leaderboards for the team that did things the fastest but I guarantee they'll be the best dressed relay team fancy dress or whatever we're really going to take it back to just bringing joy into movement and I'm so excited for it Uh, there'll be a competitive element but it's not going to be who's elite at running or whatever it might be it's fun competitive element and I I love what you said about making things a little bit less serious and just more joyful more enjoyable more inclusive like that's what it's about um what a great thing for gyms and and coaching programs that are struggling to make people feel included if now you can go back to your gym and go next May there's going to be adult sports day and I've got to do a mixed team so it doesn't matter if you think you're absolutely rubbish because you're all going to get put together and no one's going to be shown up as anything because you're a team and you know I don't know what the training programs will look like for adult sports day but again it's gonna have that element That'll of fun and I, I love the thought of because I want to see people's training I want to see people training in a gym for the egg and spoon because I don't think there's anything funnier ever happened like yeah. we need to see these things like it just yeah that joy and and that kind of probably sums me up in a way like my life my life is about seeking to find joy in things I, I'm an overgrown child and I'm not ashamed of it I'm never going to lose that sense of wonder um and if I can use that to get more people to get into fitness and to enjoy it then good yeah I love that so much and you mentioned about the fitness industry sometimes being a little bit serious that's actually why I've quite liked threads I felt like everyone went over there yeah. and has just started being a little <laughs> bit more themselves <laughs> whereas on Instagram <laughs> a bit more highly curated serious. and then on threads everyone's just being their childlike selves oh like, it's brilliant it is so good love that yeah um but no I honestly couldn't be more excited and I'm so so happy to be doing it with you as well and to be teaming up and I think that's it just signifies what we're trying to achieve with the event the fact that we're teaming up and doing it you know from I hadn't met well we didn't really meet properly at um FedEx with Charlie and I thought you were brilliant (laughs) yeah I just thought when I disgraced myself particularly the part about chocolate buttons like that just had me absolutely howling and when I heard that I was like yeah she's legend (laughs) I've done that since I was a teenager um I can't remember where I first ever I'd heard about it but obviously I've done it for like 30 years um and there is other stuff that I do that I find really really funny that I haven't yet divulged to the universe but yeah I just think yeah having fun and we, you and I come from such different training backgrounds. And this is what it boils down to. We're both human. 
like yeah. and we have shared values you can train in any way shape or form it doesn't mean you might not have the same values as someone who trains differently and that's where the divide comes in and why I'm so excited that we're working together on this because it just goes to show like so different in how we'd approach fitness itself but we have shared values about what it means to us yeah. and what we want to see from other people and that's that's where the power lies it's exciting and that's what fitness should be all about like it should be about yeah. getting people together and being encouraging of everybody despite what background they come from and who they are and what they look like it should be about us all teaming together supporting each other especially as coaches in the industry we should be welcoming everyone and anyone and I just think sometimes a bit misrepresented on social media yeah because the louder voices are those that have a polarized view and unfortunately that's what people see and hear um and it's not what most of us think or feel like 99.999 percent of the industry doesn't hold those views doesn't hold those values and I think the thing is we have to be constructive about how we communicate that so fighting back against those polarized views isn't the way to do it because that doesn't support anyone putting on events where we show just how much fun fitness is is absolutely the way to go because it's it's a positive constructive tool through which more people can engage and that's what's really important yeah out of interest Bob, when you first sort of got into fitness so to speak and started getting into the gym did you have a certain sort of perception of the fitness industry uh yeah of course I did yeah absolutely like and and I'm old so my perception was from a different generation but so I grew up in in the generation where women's fitness wasn't really you had Rosemary Connolly or Zumba those were your two options or eventually as I got into maybe my late 20s you had little gym boutique little gyms that had pink dumbbells um you know and those kinds of things so my experience of fitness younger I mean I am an absolute tomboy we know this I'm pretty much a bloke most of the time so those things just didn't appeal to me um I'm also not great with group stuff um having grown up in a cult I recognize that a lot of groups that get very passionate about stuff will um inadvertently mimic things I would have experienced in the past so groups to me are quite a scary thing so if I'm ever part of a group that you're in that's some special group because it takes a lot for me to kind of put myself in that space so when you had those things it kind of scared the crap out of me and I did go to a gym where there were a lot of group classes and I only ever did the group classes in lockdown on zoom because I was on my own in the house and I didn't have to interact with them outside of that but it did it terrified me because I thought I was going in everyone was going to judge me because I was the really big woman who what is she doing in a gym you know I had that in my head that people are going to be assuming I shouldn't be here and what I've learned is that that's absolutely the opposite is what people think they want you to be there they want to see you do well they want to see you feel good about yourself and it isn't whereas I'd grown up to believe it was about the aesthetics that it was about what you look like for most people in the industry it isn't it's just that's how the industry has been been um kind of uh put forward all this time because it was a a great marketing tool but if you speak to a lot of coaches in the industry they just want people to be happy to have a good relationship with their body and to enjoy movement um so yeah it was coming into it and and then kind of finding my my space in it has been very different to what my experience was 
kind of growing up and you know getting into fitness myself you know I went to running club for four years what a waste of time that was but you know that was even then actually when I went to running club they used to do group stuff on the track and I would just run around the outside on my own yeah because I still didn't didn't quite feel like I fit in there and I would literally just go and run around the outside of the track on my own because I was so frightened of not being able to do what everyone else could do and it just held me back Whereas actually, I probably could have done the stuff that they were doing. I just didn't allow myself to believe that. Um, so, yeah, it's very different to what you perceive. I think most people who are where I was at are probably thinking a lot of negative things that they see from, from social media. And, and it's just not how it is. Gyms are really welcoming, happy, friendly places. No one gives a toss whether you wear a bikini, crop top, whatever. They're just happy that you rock up and go and do something for yourself. That's it. And when did you actually get into coaching yourself and why, what was your sort of motivation behind that? Yeah, so I quite famously, <laughs> in the first year I was training, my coach at the time said, do you think you'd ever become a coach? And I actually told him to fuck off <laughs> and not be so stupid <laughs> because who would want to be coached by me? Um, and then the pandemic hit and prior to the pandemic um, I was working as an artist and art teacher and um, I still do art in my spare time but obviously having to isolate being one of the people that had to sh- shield meant I just lost everything like I couldn't teach um, it's very difficult to teach art online if you're wanting to work with students like on their, their individual and as you can imagine as I am with everything in life I approach each individual as themselves so doing a big group thing wouldn't work because I couldn't give each of those children the time they needed um and it's it's funny because obviously going into the pandemic everybody was so worried about being isolated and I remember um someone in the fitness industry saying this is the first time in all of our lives that we've ever had this level of isolation and I sat there and I thought it's not I spent the first 18 years of my life isolated yeah and initially that was quite a scary thought but then I was like actually I've got the opportunity now like I've spent I'd spent most of my life being who I thought society wanted me to be how do I now just be me like who is me what what do I need to do Um, and it wasn't that I'd necessarily tried to be a different person as such but I had adapted myself to fit I, I don't know if you could imagine this but imagine me wearing like old lady scarves for work with like a dress you know like Jules dress or whatever it's not me it, it that's what I rocked up as um and so I took a bit of time and engaged in some therapy from the start because I knew it was going to bring back a lot of, of sort of feelings about being isolated and in that I realized how passionate I felt about movement and fitness um, because the first thought that went through my head when my consultant rang and said, you need to stay home, um, which was two weeks before everyone else got told that, was, I can't go to a gym. What am I going to do? Like, that was the end of the world for me, which yeah. was so different to the me of four years ago who would have had a headache. And I was really lucky because that meant I actually ordered some kit before you all got told to stay home. So I had the most awesome little home gym, strong woman home gym. I had a barbell. I had um, D-balls. I had uh, a log. um, I had all this stuff that I could do stuff with at home. And I actually spent the, um, the time that I was shielding just training at home. I did. I was due to do body power in the May and obviously that got cancelled. So I did back garden bond power. 
I recreated body power and all the events with my kit in my garden and my friends watched on Zoom. It was amazing. <laughs> and, it, and after doing that, the back garden body power, I realised I feel really strongly about people enjoying this. Like I really feel like people want to. Um, and at the time, British weightlifting were offering their courses online. And so that was something I could do. Um, so I went and did the qualifications um, and then looked at strength and conditioning as well. And, um, yeah, just kind of was like, right, I'm going to do these qualifications because I feel really passionately that I want to go and do something with it. But I don't know what I want to do. Um, and then kind of just found my way from there um, and then have gradually found my voice. I kind of initially slotted in and did the kind of programs and, and, and structure that other people would do. And then over the last three years, I've really listened and learned from the people I want to, to serve and support what works for them. Um, and obviously, I took six months out earlier this year um, just because I'd had a, a pretty rough couple of years going through divorce and stuff. And I was like, I just need some space. And then um, obviously, I've come back, relaunched, and I'm really sure of what I want to do. Um, and I'm finding it quite uh, surreal because being so sure of me, being me, um and doing all this stuff is just the opportunities that are now happening for me um just blow my mind um and it's a very odd feeling to be so sure that being you is a good thing after yeah. so many years of being told that wasn't a good thing so um yeah I just it was just having a bit of space to think about what I wanted to do and um yeah I've never felt so at home somewhere which is really bizarre you know, I, I don't shy away from the fact that I'm not a common thing in the industry. Most other women in the industry don't look like me, but it's not held me back. Um, and as you know, you know, we're, de we're developing a friendship and a relationship and working together. There are other women I have that with, too. I've never felt out of place being me. Um, yeah, I may, I may feel a bit tearful about that, but I think that in itself, I'm going to get tearful, just goes to show if that happens to me as a coach in the industry and coaching is actually way harder to get into than going into any gym when you're different, yeah. then that shows you just how much the industry really wants people to be there showing up, doing their fitness stuff. Like if, if I can come in as, as a dinosaur, potato shaped dinosaur um, can come into the industry and feel like part of it, then, then if you're just rocking up to a gym, that's, that's going to be easier. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day as well, when you find out who you really are and you show up as yourself in whatever space you feel like is your space, you will attract your people. And that's why you'll feel yeah. your best self and you'll feel so welcomed and connected because you're yeah. actually being your true, authentic self. And therefore you're attracting yeah. the people who are right for you, as opposed yeah. to showing yeah. up as this version of yourself that you feel like yeah. you're supposed to. And therefore, you're yeah. not you're not meeting your people when you're doing that. And that has absolutely nothing to do with what you look like. That's yeah. the most insane part of that is most people get into fitness because they're not happy with what they look like. But actually, the people that come into your life that you connect with, that you you develop these bonds with, it's got nothing to do with what any of you look like. You know, it's just the values that you have. And you can't see those from what someone looks like. And so you have to put yourself in that space. You have to go and learn. So if you are sat there, Finn, and you can't go into a gym space because you look different to everyone else, that's not the issue. It really isn't. Like, it just, 
you know, go and do it. It will scare the shit out of you, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It still scares me now, you know, going into the gym and training. And I still have those thoughts, but I always come away glad that I went and did something for myself. Yeah, exactly. And often people, like you said, will get into fitness thinking that they need to change the way that they look. And then yeah. they'll quickly realize that that's not what needed to change. It's the way that they treat themselves and talk to themselves and the actions they take on a daily basis to show up for their body and therefore they will respect their body they'll appreciate it for for its function they'll be able to connect with it and they'll be like oh right okay maybe it wasn't the way that I looked that needed to change maybe it was the way that I was treating to myself treating myself and showing up for myself and moving and all of these things I always say I find it really sad that so many people are out there judging themselves as less based on what they weigh when we've had people that have lived throughout history like Hitler Katie Hopkins, they were all in smaller bodies and they were absolute assholes. So why are we allowing people to feel like they're less because they weigh more when that isn't an indication of who you are at the core? It really is. Um, and yeah, just I'm no less of a person because I weigh less. In fact, I'd say, um, you know, and, and I'm no more of a person because I weigh less. What I would say is I'm able to be myself but it's got nothing to do with what I weigh and everything to do with how I choose to show up for me. And you can do that at any size or shape. Like, yeah, I love- just go and take care of yourself. Yeah. What would you say your mission statement as a coach would be if you had to put it into words? Oh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. <laughs> it's a hard one. It is. It's hard to I put think- it into a phrase, but yeah, if yeah. you could explain like what your your values are as a coach or what you strive yeah. to help people achieve yeah. so my my values would be that um you know we have very polarized opinions on on weight itself um from one end of the scale to the other we have the body positivity and body neutrality and um, body confidence which have become quite skewed their original intention wasn't those things but that's now about saying this is me this is how I am just love me as I am um, and then at the other end, obviously, we have people who say you absolutely can't look like that. It's the worst thing ever. And I just want to provide that that middle ground where we can go. Do you know what? Sometimes you're going to walk past a mirror and you're going to be like, hello. Sometimes you'll walk past. and You'll be like, oh, and that's OK. You're human. But you are so much more than what you look like. Like I always use the example of have you ever been to an event and you had like the best time ever? like and you thought it was the best thing you'd ever done and the next day someone's shown you a photograph and you don't like how you look in that photograph and now that event is the worst thing you've ever been to and it's that simple so I want to provide a space in which people can understand that what you look like shouldn't rule everything you do how you think and feel in that moment how you think and feel as you move your body those are the things that are really important and what matters most is taking care of yourself above all else yeah I love that so much. So we will wrap up the podcast there. Have you got anything yes. that you would like to add or share with the audience? Because this has been such an incredible episode. I'm so excited to get it out. And I think people <laughs> will benefit from listening to it so much. But yeah, have you got any like last little words of wisdom you would add? Um, I don't know. Just never underestimate the power of choosing to be yourself of being brave enough to embrace who you are because 
in the shortest terms, I'm the survivor of a childhood trauma. Most people would just, it would blow their minds. I married an autistic man. I went through infertility. I have long-term diseases, but none of those things are actually what I'm known for. And there is so much power in embracing who you are at your core. And you'd be surprised just how much that transforms your life more than any number on a scale or, or whatever could do. So never be afraid to be you. Yeah, I love that. And if anyone wants to contact you or find you on socials, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram, Facebook, and I mean, threads is where I'm most hilarious. We know that. But um, yeah. just be more, be more bon um, is... Is the thing to look for. Yeah, I'll be there. For, any, for anyone listening, I'll put Bond's details in the description down below. So just go over there and make sure that if you have listened and you've enjoyed this podcast, that you share on your Instagram story and tag us both and make sure that you're at our sports day because it's going to be incredible in May. It's so good. <laughs> so good. I'm so excited. And thank you so much for listening. I will see you in the next one.